Right. Yeah, sorry about that. <clears throat> I don't know what on earth just happened. My screen just went blank on the yeah, the live part. Crazy. It's still, even now it's still stuttery, so sorry about that. Cool, cool. Thanks, Josh. <clears throat> right. So we're doing Romans chapter one. Um uh and reading chapter two and chapter three. Um uh, so this is good. This is good. Um a special uh, good morning to Ezra if he's in. Yo, Ezra. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Uh, right, so Robert's chapters one to three, and if you've uh, seen the schedule, you'll know that I'm reading it this for this session uh, for this uh, whole month um, from the NLT because it's what Stuart Holliot recommends uh, when reading Romans to read it in the NLT because his arguments are easy to follow uh, in the letter. Um, I think probably reading it from uh, beginning to end in the NLT would be brilliant because you would just get the flow of it. I think it takes about 40 minutes to read it by itself. Didn't actually put that on the schedule, but anyway, here we go in chapters one to three. This letter is from Paul, a slave of Christ Jesus, chosen by God to be an apostle and sent out to preach his good news. God promised this good news long ago through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures. The good news is about his son, in his earthly life, he was born into King David's family line, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Through Christ, God has given us the privilege and authority as apostles to tell Gentiles everywhere what God has done for them, so that they will believe and obey him, bringing glory to his name. And you are included among those Gentiles who have been called to belong to Jesus Christ. I'm writing to all of you in Rome who are loved by God and are called to be his own holy people. May God, our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Let me say first that I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you, because your faith in him is being talked about all over the world. God knows how often I pray for you. Day and night I bring you and your needs in prayer to God whom I serve with my whole heart, by spreading the good news about his son. One of the things I always pray for is the opportunity, God willing, to come at last to see you. For I long to visit you so I can bring you some spiritual gift that will help you grow strong in the Lord. When we get together, I want to encourage you in your faith, but I also want to be encouraged by yours. I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that I planned many times to visit you, but I was prevented until now. I want to work among you and see spiritual fruit, just as I've seen among other Gentiles. For I have a great sense of obligation to people in both the civilized world and the rest of the world, to the educated and uneducated alike. So I'm eager to come to you in Rome too, to preach the good news. For I'm not ashamed of this good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes, the Jew first and also the Gentile. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight, that it, this is accomplished from start to finish by faith. As the scriptures say, it is through faith that a righteous person has life. But God shows his anger from heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because he has made it obvious to them. For ever since the world was created, 
people have seen the earth and sky. Though everything, or through everything God, God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities, his eternal power and divine nature. So they have no excuse for not knowing God. Yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshipping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshipped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to, what, to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshipped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself, who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. That is why God abandoned them to their shameful desires. Even the women turned against the natural way to have sex and instead indulged in sex with each other. And the men, instead of having normal sexual relations with women, burned with lust for each other. Men did shameful things with other men, and as a result of this sin, they suffered within themselves the penalty they deserved. Since they thought it foolish to acknowledge God, he abandoned them to their foolish thinking and let them do things that should never be done. Their lives became full of every kind of wickedness, sin, greed, hate, envy, uh, murder, quarreling, deception, malicious behavior, and gossip. They are backstabbers, haters of God, insolent, proud, and boastful. They invent new ways of sinning and they disobey their parents. They refuse to understand, uh, break their promises, are heartless and have no mercy. They know God's justice requires that those who do things deserve to die, yet they do them anyway. Worse yet, they encourage others to do, this, do them too. You may think you can condemn such people, but you are just as bad and you have no excuse. You who say they are wicked and should be punished, you are condemning yourself, for you who judge others do these <coughs> very same things. And we know that God in his justice will punish anyone who does such things. Since you judge others for doing these things, why do you think you can avoid God's judgment when you do the same things? Don't you see how wonderfully kind, tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? But because of your because you are stubborn and refuse to turn from your sin, you are storing up terrible punishment for yourself. For a day of anger is coming when God's righteous judgment will be revealed. He will judge everyone according to what they have done. He will give eternal life to those who keep on doing good, seeking after the glory and honor and immortality that God offers. But he will pour out his anger and wrath on those who live for themselves, who refuse to obey the truth and instead live lives of wickedness. There will be trouble and calamity for everyone who keeps on doing what is evil, for the Jew first and also for the Gentile. But there will be glory and honor and peace from God for all who do good. For the Jew first and also for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. When the Gentiles sin, they will not they will be destroyed, even though they when the Gentiles sin, they will be destroyed, even though they never had God's written law. And the Jews who do have God's law will be judged by that law when they fail to obey it. For merely listening to the law doesn't make us right with God. It is obeying the law that makes us right in its sight. Even Gentiles who do not have God's written law show that they know his law when they instinctively obey it, even without having heard it. They demonstrate that God's law is written in their hearts 
for their own conscience and thoughts, either accuse them or tell them they are doing right. And this is the message I proclaim, that the day is coming when God, through Christ Jesus, will judge everyone's secret life. You who call yourselves Jews are relying on God's law, and you boast about your special relationship with him. You know what he wants, you know what is right, because you have been taught his law. You are convinced that you are a guide for the blind and a light for the people who are lost in, in darkness. You think you can instruct the ignorant and teach children the ways of God, for you are certain that God's law gives you complete knowledge and truth. Well then, if you teach others, why don't you teach yourself? You tell others not to steal, but you steal. But do you steal? You say it is wrong to commit adultery, but do you commit adultery? You condemn idolatry. Do you? But do you use items stolen from pagan temples? You are so proud of knowing the law, but you dishonor God by breaking it. No wonder the scriptures say the Gentiles blaspheme the name of God because of you. The Jewish ceremony of circumcision has value only if you obey God's law. But if you don't obey God's law, you are no better off than an uncircumcised Gentile. And if the Gentiles obey God's law, won't God declare them to be his own people? In fact, uncircumcised Gentiles who keep God's law will condemn you Jews who are circumcised and possess God's law but do not obey it. For you are not a true Jew just because you were born to, of Jewish parents or because you've gone through the ceremony of circumcision. No, a true Jew is one whose heart is right with God. A true circumcision is not merely obeying the letter of the law. Rather, it is a change of heart produced by the Spirit. And a person with a changed heart seeks praise from God, not from people. Then what's the advantage of being a Jew? Is there any value in the ceremony of circumcision? Yes, there are great benefits. First of all, the Jews were entrusted with the whole revelation of God. True, some of them were unfaithful, and just because they were unfaithful, does that mean God will be unfaithful? Of course not. Even if everyone else is a liar, God is true. As the scriptures say about him, you'll be proved right when you say, so you will be proved right in what you say and you will win your case in court. But some might say our sinfulness serves a good purpose for it helps people see how righteous God is. Isn't it unfair then for him to punish us? This is merely a human point of view. Of course not. If God were not entirely fair, how would, he, how would he be qualified to judge the world? But someone might still argue, how can God condemn us as a sinner if my dishonesty highlights his truthfulness and brings him more glory? And some people even slander us by claiming that we say, the more we sin, the better it is. Those who say such things deserve to be condemned. Well then, should we, what should we, oh, well then, should we conclude that we Jews are better than others? No, not at all. For we have already shown that all people whether Jews or Gentiles, are under the power of sin. As the scriptures say, no one is righteous, not even one. No one is truly wise. No one is seeking God. All have turned away. All have become useless. No one does good, not a single one. Their talk is foul, like the stench from the open grave. Their tongues are filled with lies. Snake venom drips from their lips. Their mouths are full of cursing and bitterness. They rush to commit murder. Destruction and misery always follow them. They don't know where to find peace. They have no fear of God at all. Obviously, the law applies to those to whom it was given, for its purpose is to keep people from having excuses and to show that the entire world is guilty before God. For no one can ever be made right with God by doing what the law commands. The law simply shows us how sinful we are. But now God has shown us 
a way to be made right with him without keeping the requirements of the law, as was promised in the writing of writings of Moses and the prophets long ago. We were made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God freely and graciously declares that we are righteous. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. The sacrifice shows that God was being fair when he held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. For he was looking ahead and including them in what he would do in this present time. God, this, God did this to demonstrate his righteousness. For he himself is fair and just, and he declares sinners to be right in his sight when they believe in Jesus. Can we boast then that we have done anything to be accepted by God? No, because our acquittal is not based on obeying the law. It is based on faith. So we are made right with God through faith and not by obeying the law. After all, is God the God of the Jews only? Isn't he also the God of the Gentiles? Of course he is. There's only one God and he makes people right with himself only by faith, whether they are Jew or Gentiles. Well then, if we, empath if we empath emphasize faith, does, that, does this mean that we can forget about the law? Of course not. In fact, only when we have faith do we truly fulfill the law. There we are. That's chapters one to three. That was helpful, right? Reading it in the NLT. That was really cool. Um, and getting a bit tongue-tied because I'm not used... You, with the NIV, you, know, you can anticipate what's coming uh, because it's so familiar. But uh, yeah, yeah. So that was really cool. Um, yeah. So we're made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus Christ. And this is true of everyone who believes, no matter who we are. That's cool, isn't it? Um, yeah. And the law is not uh, made null for us, isn't it? Because by putting your faith in Jesus is fulfilling the law. That's what the law did, was to say, you can't. Never. <laughs> You're condemned. But trust in the one who can save you. Um, but then he also puts his spirit in us in it. So it is uh, for us today to love God and love our neighbor as ourselves. And we do that by calling on him. Um, yeah, that's brilliant. Okay, cool, cool. All right, uh, time has gone. I would do the Lord's Prayer, but you can do that by yourself and I'll try and fit it in tomorrow by being a bit more on point with the start time. So we were yeah, a bit late, but all the best today. God bless you. Um, yeah, remember you talked to him today. Uh, the Father is in heaven and uh, he uh, will give you all that you need. Take care. See you. Bye bye.